Today's episode of Pearl River Flows the Babble is brought to you by Galgaran. Galgaran, maker of fine multiversal wares such as the Multiversal Flow Regulator. Galgaran brand Multiversal Flow Regulators are the only Multiversal Flow Regulators in use by PearlRiverFlow.com. Visit us today. Welcome to Pearl River Flows the Babble. I'm your host, Patrick Jerome. Today we got a really good show for you guys. Uh, we got the last uh, performance from Offbeat's comedy show back in June. Um, this Tonight we're going to have Johnny Bratzveen on hand. That's uh, a really good performance. We've been looking forward to this. We've also got music from Jackson Group Spirituals. Really good little apocalyptic track there. You guys, I think, will enjoy because who doesn't love the apocalypse? And of course, some messages from our sponsors. Um, first of all, you know, speaking of one of our sponsors, we recently received a package here at the Pearl River Flow Studios. This is a uh, this is something from Galgaran. Um, we've, we've dealt with Galgaran in the past and we're really glad to be dealing with them again. We've gotten a box today, not a cube. It's not a cube. Everybody calm down. It's just a normal, healthy rectangular box addressed to us here at Pearl River Flow. And it is the, it's a control panel for something called the, something called the multiversal flow regulator. Um, a lot of buttons here, uh, you know, normally these days things just have a touch screen and like one button, but this is all kind of like buttons and knobs and uh, it says not to touch any of them except this one. Uh, but, you know, why put a bunch of knobs and buttons on shit if you're not going to touch them? I just don't understand why you would want to even include them. Okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to turn it on and... Um, I guess nothing. Uh. Looks like like nothing Shit. 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 Okay. Okay. It's more than everyone. Okay. Look, let me go first. Look, let me go first. Okay. Okay. Look, the important thing here is that you cannot panic. And you cannot let the cubes into your world no matter what happens, okay? Don't let them in. Don't let them in. Don't you realize it's too late for us? Do you realize what you've done? Oh, dear God, they got it. And that was the sound it makes. Okay, look, you got to find your multiversal flow regulator. If the cubes are going to get into your dimension, you can't let them get to it. First, you got to hit the switch. Oh, oh shit, shit. This episode of Pearl River Flows, The Babble, is brought to you by Galgaran Entertainment. Galgaran Entertainment is going to be bringing you Lizard Scissored, live from the Jackson Volcano. Galgaran Entertainment brings you the finest acts from across the multiverse, wherever you are, whenever you are, however you make it. Trust Galgaran Entertainment. Somebody, Somebody get, get Galgaran. He'll, He'll know, know what, what to, to do. do. So I guess it's my turn to go and... Oh, no! <laughs> oh, he did it. He did it. He he got to the switch before the cubes got him. Oh, God, this is so messed up. This is so messed up. I can't believe somebody pushed the button. I can't believe somebody pushed the button. Okay, anyway. I'm going to calm down. I'm going to calm down. I'm going to do the show. I'm going to do the show. Okay, okay. All right, well, uh, we're going to tell you guys today about... Um, St. Patrick Jerome's Day. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Uh, and the Cray Men. Yeah. Okay, so look, um, in, in Ireland, St. Patrick is known for something, I'm sure. Um, we, we here at Pearl River Flow are only somewhat certain that Ireland even exists. I mean, I mean it seems likely. But uh, in America, 
St. Patrick is known for having a hellacious day where once a year people live out weird technicolor versions of things that may or may not have happened and may or may not be Irish stereotypes. Again, there, there is a high amount of uncertainty surrounding the day and the history and the lore. Uh, what most people don't know about, however, is St. Patrick Jerome's Day, celebrated only in Jackson, Mississippi. It's a celebration of the local hero, Patrick Jerome, who, upon arrival in Jackson in the year 2000, after he had vanquished the 32-story Y2K bug that was eating trains in Pickens, Mississippi, took it upon himself to drive out the murderous and terrifying Craymen that crawled in the sprawling underground tunnels and outlying swamps of Jackson, Mississippi. The Craymen, a sort of evolved crawdad about two to six feet in length, uh, have vaguely humanoid faces and a series of small fingered hands that run down their torsos. They, they also have massive claws, and they were created when Galgaran... Oh, I can't say that. I can't. Okay, fine. Well, well Galgaran did something uh, in, uh, in 1881, so that's when they were created. Since that day, the Craymen demanded tribute. They terrorized Jackson, snatched up children and pets, drunks, the sick, dragged people from the swamps and the city alike. They were cunning and stealthy and able to breathe underwater. They were considered such a nuisance that during Prohibition, local bootleggers offered a bounty on their head, a gallon of moonshine for every head. Uh, this was because they were particularly beset by them in the Gold Coast region. Anyway, back to the year 2000. Patrick, at this point he was not yet a saint, was not fond of the creatures because they had a strange cultish religion that was attempting to use their weird cray magic to brainwash local leaders into building a lake on the Pearl River that would abut the city. Inside that city and under that lake, they would build their underwater metropolis and become unstoppable foes of mankind. So he set to drive them out. With his talents given to him by Galgaran, he began the crusade that introduced him to the swamps and trash alleys of the city of Jackson. There he dallied in graveyards and ruins, and one day the journeys would lead him to become the backbone of the mighty media empire that is Pearl River Flow. We don't know much about the battle from that long-forgotten epic. It's contained in something known as a chat log from a weird thing called American... American Online? Uh, we assume it was some sort of telegraph-based service that would send individuals to your home for cyber sex or cyber chats or, or uh, something. Anyway, we, we have the, the last remaining log here containing this. Oh, no. Oh, no, it's a box. It's not a box. It's a cube. It's a cube. Oh, oh God. No, no. Today's episode of Pearl River Flows The Babble is brought to you by Galgaran Technologies. Galgaran Technologies provides the finest in dimensional protections. Are cubes invading your space? Are weird mutant animals brainwashing the leaders of your planets? Call Galgaran. Whenever you do, we'll know. Guys, I, I think this Galgaran fellow may be trying to tell us something about what we need to do. Yeah, these he's buying the ads ahead of time, and the ads are telling us what to do. We've got to, oh no, oh no, we've got to do it. All right, look, look hey, uh, Jerome's, I found something I think that might help. Um, It's a recording that we, we received from one of the cube dimensions. They're dead places now, but um, one of the purposes of Pearl River Flow is to get these right messages out of these doomed dimensions. And uh, we, we got a recording here. It's one of the last things that we were able to uh, push the button. Well, I'm just saying we shouldn't all be here at the same time, man. I mean, it's really, it's not, you know, we're, we're the same person, but uh, not exactly. Well, anyway, okay. No, anyway. So, okay, look, what do we know? What do we know? We know that the cube is not natural that much we we can attest to that huh oh natural is a marketing phrase that has no legally defined meaning after all what granola bar would contain an unnatural ingredient what 
in fact, would be unnatural. But in the context of the cube, we may have an answer. It's a, a supernatural answer. This is like an ectoplasmic granola bar. Oh, a granola cube like a giant gorp made from... Oh, for fuck's sake, we don't know what it's made from. That's why we're here. That's why we got all, all came together in this one place. I don't think any of you are capable of figuring it out. I mean, bringing us all together here was a good idea on paper. You know what else was a good idea on paper? Communism. Shut up. Shut up. It must have physical properties, correct? Yes, yes, it is in fact a cube. Almost perfectly cubic. A a cube. A cube in the swamp. Okay, look, we found it in April in 2013 and no record of it exists before then. Certain classified documents suggest. They're not classified and they don't suggest anything like the cube. Well, the cube defies explanation. No, it defies a good explanation. All right, all right. Let's back up here and and lay off the drugs. Like hell I will. God damn it, Jerome. Look, I think it might be a mined material, like a rock that someone just left out there. The geologists swore up and down it was man-made once they sobered up. Well, to be fair, they were drunk before you showed them the cube. And after. So it's man-made. I think we can agree on that. It's too light to be stone. It's porous, but strong, not brittle. Well, it doesn't weather. It doesn't weather in any pattern that I've ever seen before. Now, we are some expert on weathering now. The expert on mineralogical weathering slammed the door in our faces and yelled at you. I insisted on asking the hard questions. You kept going on about 9-11. Way to stick to the official story, sheeple. Wake up. The truth is, we don't know the truth about this goddamn cube. Shut up about truth. The cube isn't a rock. It's not concrete. Maybe it's a plastic Okay, look, now there's a nice violet that grows up in the corner. Maybe that tells us something, like it's not toxic, at least to violets. Okay, yeah, and and there's some moss too, so moss and violets. Uh, plastic? Plastic is such a widely used term. I think it might be the remnant of some manufacturing technology. Alien technology. Aliens? Man, I, I don't want that job at CNN. No human manufacturing could create something so light and yet so sturdy. The the cube exists, gentlemen. The cube exists. It is a fact. Given what I know about quantum physics, the cube exists in all coherent universes. You don't know shit about quantum physics. (laughs) Exactly. It's like old Deepak Chopra said. The less you know about quantum physics, the more you can use it to explain shit. So, you're saying that the cube goes all the way through the core of the Earth? We need to mount an expedition to Jackson's Antipode. I literally just informed you about Antipodes an hour ago. Ah, look, dudes, gentlemen, the cube should extend out into the seafloor somewhere between Madagascar and Australia. This should be easy enough to find. No, it shouldn't. What is the cube? What is it made of? It's a thing, but oh god, we don't know anything about it. It was too hard to sample. It was too hard for our human tools. Aliens! You didn't chip it because you said you didn't want to get coal miners long. It could have happened. It's a fact. You either have black lung or you don't, so there was a 50-50 chance that I could have gotten it by chipping that weird... Alien. Rock. Landmark. Artifact. All right, now look, y'all, I got a buddy over at DARPA. He's been telling me not to ask any questions about the cube, not to investigate it, not to even goddamn observe it. Now, if that's not quantum physics, I don't know what is. You don't know. That's the fucking problem. Uh, uh did, did you hear that at the door? What's, what's wrong with our computer? What's wrong with the lights? Uh, oh, God. The cube. It's here. Oh, shit, it's... Alien technology. Today's episode of Pearl River Flows the Babble is brought to you by the Mississippi Skin Council. Real. Human. Skin. 
Whether you're looking to take some skin off or put some new skin on, the Mississippi Skin Council is here for you, providing you with the finest lab-grown, human-grown, culture-grown, and goat-grown human skin. Do we allow people to eat it? Yes, we do. Do we let you put it in fancy dishes? Yes, we do. Is it safe to eat? Probably. Can you wear it to protect your vital human organs? Yes. Can you put it over you to cover up the fact that you're a hideous alien being from another world? Absolutely. Come on down to the Mississippi Skin Council and get some real human skin. You guys need to know, if we're going to figure this out, we need to know about this. It was a strange transmission. I found it in a disused IBM 5100 mainframe. It had been in the Pearl River Flows facility's basement. Uh, the Pearl River Flow Center, as you know, it has no paranormal research team. It has no center for cube studies. The, the owner of the computer was one John Titor. Uh, we, we tried to track him down, but he was unavailable. He couldn't fake it. We couldn't find him. One of the interns swears he was a reporter here at Pearl River Flow. And, but whatever the case, we are, we've... Titor set us on the lookout for any further developments of the cube, and um, we found one the first the first time someone had successfully figured out how to stop them from spreading it. Uh, it was unfortunate. We this recording is all we have left of it. Push the button. Last record. Gary Blatherskite, Pearl River Flows Cube Research Facility. It is possible that I was brought back from the dead just for this. That doesn't seem right. I was only ten years old. I am only ten years old. The cubes change time. I have been researching this for decades, but I am yet to begin. Everyone thought the cube was just one entity, eternal, whatever unchanging a platonic form left to weather and a platonic form left to weather and rot in the swamp of the real we did not think it could be broken we did not know how many there were how many there are how many there will be wrong 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 we knew we were wrong we knew but i but we we, I, we just now discovered that we were wrong. The others, they don't even know yet. I've read the words that I am about to type. I haven't read them yet. I have read them. I haven't written them. I have read them. I read them on an ancient terminal that existed long after the end of the world. They are written in the language of the cubes, which exists long after we are all gone. The cubes change. They multiply. Or perhaps divide. It depends on how you view the cubes, on how time views them while you view time. Uh, they're mundane substances, difficult to explain. Mineralogy escapes us. Laser beams and chromatograph. Mineralogy escapes us. Laser beams and chromatographs spout nonsense. They give us lines for non existent compounds. Hardness seems off the charts, but yet when the time comes for them to. split. Reproduce. Reproduce, yes, that's it. There cannot be another word for it. For what these hexahedrons accomplish with the split shards. Oh, cracking along lines that are only visible in ancient photographs. Yes, they reproduce like yeast or bacteria. Each one is a multitude dividing, and like these invisible architects, the soul actors on the stage of life for three or four billion years. They have a way to exchange information crystalline genetics unhinged by time alien to the teeming life forms on earth none of life is like them all of life is like them was like them life changed became algae and mushrooms and ants and trees and plankton the cubes did not change the cubes waited Reports, reports have come in from elsewhere. They can see inside the cubes. We can see inside the cubes if we wish to go mad. Many members of the research teams have done just that. They willingly peered into the stone stomata. In that instant, they were 
born. It was an instant born before they were. Something transferred into them. Plasmid bridges bringing forth unfolding sheets and shapes. They saw inside and they told me of vestigial things. Symbiotic organs, impossible matter. Shortly after that, their words turned into a song of screams. Each one desired to have inorganic bones, they argued, not knowing if they had always had crystalline fibers for hair, if the iridescent colors of their skin was becoming more or less pronounced as the cubes rebuilt them. Each of their geometric parasitic eggs was as flawed and alive as the human beings they had replaced. I know the cubes will hatch. I know they have hatched. I am not old enough to have seen them in every backyard appearing next to barbecue grills and water tanks. I know I have never watched curious children point to them at the zoo next to the stained glass panda eating twitching leaves from the trough. I am just a child. I lived and died and came back, and I have died again. I see the statues of my co-workers frozen in delight, the overwhelming joy, and yet I see them wish for their crystalline fate. They want to be glass. They are so beautiful, and I am transfixed by what they will become. I will look inside. The statues that were my friends, the eggs that were my family, they tell me that I have already looked. I have heard the song of the cubes, and it is beautiful. I have always heard it in my mind in those quiet moments at 3 a.m. when the noises of the world are all that is left. My mind is wind over broken time, carving canyons formed by our obsolescence. The cubes have always been here. The cubes will always be here. The only way forward is in stone. The first cube was in the swamp. We are the last cube. Only one thing can stop us from coming home. Only one thing can stop us from becoming what we must become. It is too late for this world. It's too late for any world now. They can be stopped. Only their spread can be stopped. He gave me the means. Little Gary Blatherskite, the boy who was dead, now is not. I have the last one. Mm, all of them will rate around me. I, I can stop them. I will push the button. But it is too late for me, for what we all have become. This episode of Pearl River Flows, The Babble, is brought to you by The Kemper Project. We have discovered a way to run a power plant entirely on abandoned children's toys. Now we're out of toys, and the clean, limitless energy that you enjoy is at risk. Do your patriotic duty to provide The Kemper Project with children's toys. We're currently working on untested scientific technology to power The Kemper Project with abandoned shoes. So, hey, just come on in and leave some shoes around. Scatter them around. We don't care. It's not our money. The Kemper Project. Powering things in unlikely ways. Oh shit, I just, I just got, got a package. package. It's, it's from Galgaran. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, let me do this. Let me just open it up. Okay, and... Uh... Whoa. Whoa. Oh. Holy shit. Um, everything seems to be back to what passes for normal around here, guys. Okay, whoa, whoa. <laughs> uh, that was weird. That was weird. Um, coming up next, uh, coming up next, we've got a um, wonderful performance by Johnny Bratsmeet. He's a Memphis comic who came down to Offbeat and uh, did a show. Uh, we've got him coming up last here, and... And after that, we got a little musical break, um, a little music from Jackson Band Spirituals. 
I think you'll like it. We'll, we'll, we'll introduce them again after Johnny's on. I just it's been harrowing here. Good day, guys. I'm I'm glad you guys stuck with me for the rest of the show. Um, anyway, coming up here's Johnny. Let's see. Let's br- let's bring up our next comic. Um, our next comic's coming all the way from Memphis. Uh, please, please put your hands together for Johnny Bratsveen. Thank you, thank you. How's everybody doing? Everybody make some noise for Odeon scene so far. It's fucking awesome that uh, this is really cool that everybody's here at Offbeat Comics. Uh, I feel at home here. This is fucking awesome. Uh, I know some of y'all are looking at me a little bit weird. I'll explain it. I'm mixed. That's what it is. I'm half black, half white. I'm not a terrorist. I've been known to be called Terrorist Drake at some points. You used to call me on my cell. Boom! Like, that's that's who I look like, I guess. Uh, but no, I'm... <laughs> I'm mixed, and I, a lot of people usually have questions when they hear something like that, so I'm going to answer some of the questions that I know you guys have. Uh, yes, I can see in color. Uh, white women exclusively. And, <laughs> and I can say nigga, and I will say nigga because here's the thing, okay? I don't feel like the word nigga has the same power it did back in the day. Like, nowadays, I feel like it all comes down to timing. Like, if I'm in class and someone's like, hey, pass me that pencil, nigga, fine, cool with that. Same dude goes, hey, pass me that pencil. Nigga, now we have a problem. <laughs> Why did you have to think and then come up with a nigga like? <laughs> I'm mixed. That's what you expect. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about race. So I need you guys to loosen up. I'm gonna talk about race, okay? And you have to expect me to talk about race because I'm half black, half white. The same way you'd expect like a blind comedian to come up here and like face the wrong way the whole time. And then he'd say shit like, my mom said, what you see is what you get, and I don't see a damn thing. Like, <laughs> I'm going to talk about race. That's what I do. And uh, it's funny being mixed like this because everybody always has a ton of questions. And uh, one of the ones I always get is, what was the first, like, racist thing that happened to you, right? And uh, I grew up in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And if you don't know what part of the country that is, it's the part of the country where white people got together and they're like, hey, uh, cowboys forever, right? We want to be cowboys (laughs) forever. That's what we want to do here. And that's where I grew up. So I was like five years old, right? I was five years old and I was outside playing. And this little white girl comes up to me and she goes, hey, are you a nigger? And I didn't know because I was five. Like, I didn't know. So I did what any five-year-old would do in that situation. I went home and I asked my parents, right? And my dad, who's white, he's on the phone with his boss. And I come in through the door loud as shit. Boom. Mom, Dad, am I a nigger? He's like, I'm going to have to call you back. Hold on. (laughs) But my dad was prepared for it. He'd been training for it his whole life. He looked at me and said, look, son, she's jealous. You have two. You're white and black. She only has one. She's white. That's why she's being like that. Right? And then my mom, who's black, was like, where that bitch stay at? Where that bitch live? And I took her there, and (laughs) we show up at the little girl's house, right? We show up at the little girl's house, and my mom knocks at the door, and her mom is there, and my mom is instantly on her. Why is your daughter asking my son if he's a nigga? Huh? She goes, I don't know. I don't know where she could have got that from. My mom said she got it from your racist ass. If you don't have any more nigga questions, I'm the only nigga on the block so you can address them to me. I was like, it's a cool fucking way to handle that situation. That's what that is. <laughs> but that's what I grew up with. And, you know, I wasn't the only one that got crazy questions. My parents got crazy questions, too. They're a biracial couple walking around with a biracial baby. So they get questions. People come up to them. Hey, how are you raising him? White or black? How the fuck do you answer that question? If they say black, what does that mean? What does that mean? Is my dad's not there? Or does that mean, like, he's there, but he's in blackface till I'm, like, 18 years old? 
And he's like, surprise, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> that would be hilarious if that's how that worked, though. Like, if my white dad. <laughs> could you imagine him, like, trying to adjust to his life back after they'd be in the gas station? Like, I need $20 on puff. I'm sorry. I just got done raising my son black for 18 years. Like, <laughs> I, it was hard growing up like this. It really was. I had, I had different struggles. And what doesn't translate well to, like, other people is, like, I don't care about other like marginalized groups because I was from a marginalized group that nobody gave a shit about, right? Like I got in an argument with a transgender person the other day, right? And transgender people always love to steer the argument towards something like this. You have no idea what it's like to be me. And I'm like, really? I'm mixed. If you don't think I've gotten the question, what are you, just as much, if not more than you have. She's like, well, you don't know what people call me. I'm like, do you not realize, like, do you know what it's like to have people rotate through insults to see what's going to fuck you up? They're like, hey, you fucking terrorist, I'm not Middle Eastern. Well, then go south of the border again. I'm like, I'm not fucking Mexican. And they're like, well, I, I'm like, just call me the N-word and let's fucking get it going, okay? <laughs> so what I grew up with. I have all these fucking crazy views on things now. Like, I grew up in a crazy household. Like, I got in an argument once with my mom because we were talking about Terrence Howard. You guys know who Terrence Howard is? Right, so Terrence Howard. I was like, oh, I love Terrence Howard, and my mom interrupts me. She goes, I hate Terrence Howard. He looks like he smells like pee. <laughs> I said, like, what are you talking about? She goes, Jonathan, all light-skinned brothers smell like pee. I said, Mom, I'm a light-skinned brother. She said, I live with your piss-smelling ass for 18 years, bitch. <laughs> so that's what I grow up with, right? And I grew up with this just fucking crazy mentality towards things. Like, here's the thing. Like, one of my favorite things about being mixed is that there's some people that still just can't fucking accept it. You know what I mean? Like, I can't be white and black. I have to be one or the other. And they always like to ask, like, probing questions like I don't know. They'd be like, hey, Johnny, uh, what's your favorite food? <laughs> I'm like, fried chicken with a side of parsnips, motherfucker. What did you do? <laughs> I fuck them up. And then my music choice, I love my music choice because when anybody gets in a car with me, they don't know what the fuck they're going to hear. And it blows their mind every time. Like, you know those old commercials back in the day for, like, hits of the 80s, and they show, like, 10 seconds of each uh, song? If it was mine, like, hits of Johnny, it'd be like, it's hard to say what it is I see in you. Wonder if I'll always be. Don't this shit make a nigga want to jump, jump. Don't this shit make a nigga want Mr. Jones and me like <laughs> That's that fucked up mentality, man. So I grew up. It was hard in school too because I was like the first mixed person in my area. I was in Cheyenne, I was the first fucking mixed person. Like you know what that means? I'm like the byproduct of the greatest rivalry of all time. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's white and black. It'd be the same thing if, like, DC and Marvel made a movie together. Like, everybody'd be like, I get what you're trying to do, but I don't want to fucking see it. Like, it is. <laughs> That's specifically for the comic book store. <laughs> it's hard growing up like this. It really is. But, you know, I, I think I turned out an okay person. You know, I still get upset about certain shit. Like, I was listening to the radio the other day, and a little Wayne Birdman song came on, and I got furious because, here's the thing, if you have to edit 80% of the song, why the fuck is it on the radio? You know what I'm talking about? These were the lyrics from said song. I got that with my pew. And that with my pew. Like, fuck you, that's... <laughs> Why is that on the radio? But that shit got me thinking, right? And Birdman was on the song. You guys know who Birdman is from Young Money, Cash Money? All right, so here's my thing with Birdman, all right? How come every music video you see Birdman in, the motherfucker look like he's putting on lotion for the entire music video? You know what I'm talking about? Here's my impression of Birdman in every music video you've ever seen him in. That the little bird thing, that's not a gang sign. You got to get those creases. That's what that shit is. And then that shit got me thinking. Here's a, 
Here's something that people there's a there's a big thing that people don't talk about with mixed kids and it frustrates me because it's a big issue and nobody ever addresses it and that's lotion, okay? Cuz here's the thing, I'm mixed. I don't need as much lotion. But when I go and visit the black side of my family, these motherfuckers use lotion like it's going out of style and <laughs> I don't know if you know this but when you get lotion from a black person, you don't get to hold the bottle. Like you don't get to choose how much lotion you get. And I always end up with way too much lotion, and I'm just like, you guys know I don't need all this. Like, at a certain age, I was like, they're fucking with me at this point. <laughs> but I did fuck up because the last time I went to visit, they started using this new shit, right? They started using this new shit. It's called crack butter. And I don't know if you've ever heard of crack butter. What crack butter is, it comes in a little can. It looks like Crisco, right? And you just take a little fingertip, and it oils up your whole body. It looks like you're about to get deep fried, right? <laughs> And I fucked up and I took too much and I forgot my grandma had circle doorknobs. So <laughs> I'm in the room and I'm trapped like. Hell! Like <laughs> Something nobody talks about. Let me get away. I'm going to get away from that shit. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about myself. I am married now, so that's pretty cool. Um, I did the whole thing before marriage, like the whole single life. Single life, is there any single people in the audience? Make some noise if you're single, you know? Because it's fucking hard for the single people. But when I was single, I had an extra stipulation. I was always fucking broke. You know what I'm saying? And like, here's the thing, like, I don't like lying to women, but when you're single and you're broke, you fucking have to. That's just it's what you have to do. Like, I don't know, guys, back me up. Have you ever been, like, running that real good game with a lady, and you fucking know you're getting somewhere, right? You're hitting all the right lines, and in the back of your head, you're like, I have $7 in my bank account. <laughs> I hope she doesn't want to fucking go anywhere. Like, <laughs> like, have you ever been so broke? Like, have you ever bought so little gas that you stand at your car pumping fake gas for, like, two minutes just so people don't know your situation? It's a fucking track. It's hard. And I dated out of my league. I was a piece of shit. I dated way out of my league. Like, I remember there's a specific date. I went on a date, and we were at this fucking bar, and they didn't serve draft beer, and I should have known, like, this is not my place. Like, right? <laughs> I'm a, and then I asked the question. I was like, so how was your weekend? And she goes, oh, my, my brother just made partner, so he took us out on his partner's yacht, and we swam with the dolphins until the sun set. She's like, what did you do this weekend? I was like, well, one of my dudes got off probation, but he's banned from like half the bars around here, so we just dug a hole and burnt shit in it. Like, <laughs> but through all that, I found a wife, and it was a beautiful experience. It really is. It was fucking beautiful to find the person that you love. And uh, what's funny is I have a lot of friends that aren't uh, married, and they ask me, like, well, what's the biggest change from dating to marriage? And the biggest change is the arguments. It really is. Because when you're dating, the arguments, you're like individuals. You have views. Like, I remember when we were dating, our arguments would be, like, I can't believe your stance on abortion and politics. It's preposterous. Now the arguments sound a little bit more like this. Bitch, I told you, if you, you have to get a pizza, a drink, and a side for the fucking coupon to work. No, I'm not fucking lying about the goddamn coupon. I've used it five fucking times. I know what the goddamn coupon is, motherfucker. Oh, yeah, fine. Call your fucking dad. No, call him. He's not going to fucking know what the coupon is. He doesn't even fucking need it, Papa John's. <laughs> like I said, I'm crazy. I have crazy views on shit. Like, I read this the other day. Here's a, I, I got an argument with someone because they were trying to quote the internet, right? They were like, it's, the information is on the internet, so it's out there and it's right. And I was like, dude, you know what? They're like, I Googled it. And I was like, you know what I Googled the other day? Toaster with titties. And you know what I got? <laughs> you know what I got? I got a picture of a toaster with titties. <laughs> and it was getting titty-fucked by a microwave. Like, so... <laughs> Any information on the internet is now like, there's an asterisk next to it at least, right? So there's no way it can be all the way true if that's right there. It'd be the same thing if you bought a book on the Holocaust and it had stats and pictures and personal accounts. And then on page 33, it was like, hey, here's a banana if it had a dick and was in the Ku Klux Klan. Like, don't you think <laughs> you'd look at that book and be like, I can't trust anything else in this book. Like, <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, uh, someone told me the other day that, uh, do you know there's a town in Orlando where people who work at Disney World, they all live in the same town? It's fucking cool. And a normal person would hear something like that and be like, that'd be a cool place to raise some kids. They get the whole Disney experience. Me, I'm like, I want to meet the fucked up couple. You know what I'm talking about? Like Rick and Melissa, the people who invite people over just to argue in front of them. Because those arguments would be insane. You know, talking about like Rick be drinking and he spills some salsa on the street. Be like, oh, sorry, I'm a little drunk. And Melissa be like, you're always fucking drunk, Rick. I'm like, here we go. And he goes, you know why I'm always fucking drunk? Because I play Jafar, damn it. Every morning I get up, I go to work, and I make little kids fucking hate me. Sorry we all can't be like you and play Ariel all the fucking time. And she's like, oh, you don't like that I play Ariel? He's like, no, I love that you play Ariel, but you're playing the wrong one. I want you to play the one halfway through the movie that doesn't have a fucking voice because I'm tired of hearing your bullshit all the fucking time. And she's like, fuck you, Rick, fuck you. And he's like, yeah, fuck you too, you bitch. You bibbity-bobbity bitch. Like... transition i got a kid on the way and I <laughs> now but i do have a kid on the way and that's really fucking cool no don't 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 clap because here's the thing the only great thing about the kid is when the kid is actually here because everything right now is just fucking disgusting like i love <laughs> i love my wife but she burps now like i get that women burp i don't like you know i get that they burp but it used to be like oh, oh, excuse me Excuse me? Now she stares me in the face and is like, ah, ah, ah. what you did to me? Ah. Everybody's like, well, it bounces out, right? Because her titties are getting bigger. And I'm like, yeah, they're getting bigger. But what they don't tell you is that they're so sensitive, they're like fucking burn victims. Like, I got yelled at the other day. She's like, Jonathan, you walk past too fast in the air, grazed my titty in the wrong way. <laughs> And having a kid's scary. It really is. It really is. So I do what everybody does, and I'm calling my friends, and I'm asking for advice. And I learned really quick, if you're asking for advice, you never ask someone who only has one kid. You want to ask someone who has multiple kids, because the person with one kid is going to be like, I want to give my kid the world. And a person with multiple kids is like, I want to give one of these motherfuckers away. Like... And that's who you want to talk to because they've seen the shit. You know what I'm talking about? I have one of these friends, and the thing is they never give you any advice. They just rant for like 10 minutes, and you got to pick out what's important. Like I called him, I was like, hey, man, what do I do? He goes, god damn it, D-fucking batteries. He goes, no kid toys take normal size fucking batteries. He's like, they're all D and bigger. He goes, I bought one of those stupid fucking Jeep things. He goes, no kind of car? You know what kind of battery that takes? He goes, a normal fucking car battery. He's like, you know how fucking dangerous that is for children? And he's like, you know how hard it is to explain electrocution to someone who can't fucking pronounce spaghetti? Paschetti? No wires, motherfucker, you're gonna die, don't. <laughs> so I'm scared, I'm scared, like, and I figure I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat my kids. It's, I'm going, there's no beating anymore. It's like, here's the thing. Because I grew up in the 90s, which was the golden age of beating children. Like, back in the day, if you didn't beat your children, you got looked at like people who beat their children today do. Like, it's a complete 180. And I used to get beat, and I got in an argument with my mom one time. She's like, name one time, Jonathan. Name one time it was out of control. And I said, Mom, I had to play a whole soccer game with a wire hanger imprint in the side of my face because I didn't know how much soccer pictures were. She's like, that's one time, name another one. I said, how about the time I was cussing at school, you started beating me, I went like this, and you said, oh, you want a box? And I said, no! <laughs> so there opens this argument, how do you know if you're really beat as a child? Does anybody know the golden rule? If you don't know, I'll tell you right now. The golden rule is if the next day before school, your parents sat you down and they were like, now look, baby. If anybody asks what happened, you say that's none of your business. That's between me and my family, and don't judge us because you don't know our situation. 
But I was a little slow, so it didn't sit in the right way. I'm in school. The teacher's like, hey, Jonathan, do you know about the Holocaust? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, what happened? I said, that's none of your business. That's between me and my family. And don't judge us because you don't know our situation. <laughs> I didn't just get physically beat. I got mentally beat as well. Like, I would get beat, and then she would sit me on the side of the table. She'd be like, look at you. You ain't mixed shit, bitch. She said, you're going to grow up and have a mick-ass job, a mick-ass wife, some mick-ass kids. I'm on the other side of the table like, I'm eight, bitch. Leave me alone. Like, <laughs> Then I'm 16 working at McDonald's like, fuck, she's right. Like, she nailed it. <laughs> Has anybody ever worked fast food or like a shitty job? You know what I'm talking about? They suck, but they're very necessary because they teach you about life, but they teach you all the wrong shit, you know? It's like having an Asian driving instructor. It's like I'm learning how to do it, but I'm pretty sure I'm learning how to do it wrong. <laughs> but the beautiful thing is you meet crazy people, and you get to kind of adjust your life to that. And I remember I met this one crazy person, and his name was Jeremy, right? And the thing about Jeremy was he always had some words of wisdom or words of advice, but he would put it in a rhyme, and then he would sign it at the end. It was real weird. Like my first day, he was like, hey, keep your eyes on the fries. It'll be your demise. Jeremy. <laughs> okay, cool, dude. A couple weeks later, I'm working the window. This girl pulls up. She's like, ooh, you sound cute. How about you just give me something with some meat in it? I said, Jeremy, this girl sounds down. What do I do, son? He said, hey, you better wait till she gets to the glass before you ask for some ass. Jeremy. I was working with this one dude. He's one of those dudes that got laid a lot, but it was never with like a pretty chick. So it's like a hand job. It's like, that's nice, but not really. And, <laughs> and he always looked at us for confirmation. He's like, hey man, what'd you think of that girl I brought over last night? I was like, oh, you mean that fucking bridge troll that came over and poked holes in my couch with her back spikes? Yeah, she's a fucking keeper. If you're not laughing right now, you're the bridge troll. Check yourself. But... <laughs> I remember this one time he came and he was like, hey, look, man, I, got, I banged this 10 last night. And she's coming in. And she's bringing me lunch. She's bringing me lunch. I was like, all right, cool. Let's see it. And I shit you not, ladies and gentlemen, when she pulled up and got out of the car, she was like this. I said, dude, what the fuck? That's a 10 to you? He said, dude, look at her face. I said, dude, look at the chicken wing. He came back. He said, I'm black. I like chicken. I said, whoa, that is the worst thing I have ever heard anybody say in my entire life. And then he topped that. He said, it feels good when she's feeling you up with it. I said, whoa, that is the worst thing I have ever heard anybody say in my life. And then he topped that. He said, you see how one leg's shorter than the other? When we do a doggy style, we're like this. I said, whoa. You're taking it too far, man, too far. Then all I hear from behind me is, if her legs mangle, do it at an angle. <laughs> Jeremy, I'm Johnny Brassman. You guys enjoy the rest of your night. All right, we're going to close out tonight with one last little bit of music from Jackson Band Spirituals. You can find them on... Band camp and all that good stuff. Uh, this is their song Wanderings. A nice appropriate Pearl River Flow offering from 2014. Enjoy. Enjoy.